You're in the water loop. This is Waterloop episode number 121, Lifting Up Lives with Infrastructure. Growing up and working in water in Puerto Rico, Jahira Morfonios saw people who didn't have access to clean drinking water, and she gained a unique understanding of the essential nature of water services to the well-being of a community. Since relocating to Kentucky and continuing to work in the water industry, she holds on to her Puerto Rico experiences and believes that utilities and infrastructure projects can lift people up, support local businesses, and have an impact on quality of life, even in modern U.S. cities. This episode explores the journey and perspective of Jahira, an emerging water leader who is Capital Programs Control Manager at Louisville Metropolitan Sewer District. She also discusses the value that diverse voices and different backgrounds can bring to an organization and the benefits she gained from Duke University's Water Innovation Leadership Development Program. Waterloop is a nonprofit media outlet made possible in parts by grants from the Walton Family Foundation and Springpoint Partners. Waterloop is also sponsored by Hydroloop and High Sierra Showerheads. I'm going to take a few moments to talk about these two companies that are advancing water sustainability and then start the podcast. Thanks for listening. The Consumer Electronics Show is the largest and most influential technology event in the world. In 2020, water stole the show. That's when an in-home water recycling system called Hydroloop debuted. Hydroloop takes the water from showers and washing machines and then cleans it so it can be used again. Hydroloop was awarded Best of Innovation in the category for Sustainability, Eco-Design, and Smart Energy, and also won Best Startup, Best Sustainable Product, and the overall award for Best of the Best, beating more than 4,000 competitors. Water tech is hot thanks to Hydroloop. With Hydroloop, you can use water twice. Learn more at hydroloop.com. Waterloop. Plastic pollution is a huge problem in our environment and in our water. Unfortunately, it's everywhere, and we've got to do what we can to reduce the plastic that's in our society. This stuff takes hundreds of years to break down, and it's made with fossil fuels, which just drives climate change. That's why I'm a big fan of the solid metal construction of High Sierra showerheads. There's no plastic involved. They're made with solid plated brass, stainless steel, and heavy duty aluminum. Even the seals and hoses are made from silicone rubber. So again, no plastic in high Sierra shower heads. That's unlike the competitors out there in the market, which have a lot of plastic involved. Often the metal you see is just a thin layer covering plastic. Another advantage of this solid metal construction is durability. High Sierra shower heads are simply going to last a long time. You can get 20% off using promo code LOOP20 at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. You're in the Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis, joined for this conversation by Jahira Morfonios. She is Capital Programs Control Manager at the Louisville Metropolitan Sewer District. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hello, Travis. Thank you for the invitation. 
Yeah, very excited to have this conversation with you. Um, we, we talked a little bit beforehand, and you have a really fascinating journey uh, in water, in leadership, uh, great perspective on the role of water in communities, and um, really want to highlight your, your voice and, and your thoughts on this. So could you rewind back to uh, Puerto Rico and how you got started in water? Sure, yes. Um, well, I started in Puerto Rico as a subdirector of engineering for a water utility company. Uh, in that case, we were we have merged both uh, drinking water and wastewater and sewer under the same umbrella. And we covered uh, 19 regions. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was more than 20 years ago where we had uh, other problems that hopefully they don't have today. But uh, in Puerto Rico, one of the biggest challenges was the lack of resources, it, money basically, to develop new projects. And one of the most critical one is that people did, not everyone had access to safe, clean drinking water. Many of the people that live on the island, they just, don't have access to drinking water right at home. Mm. And uh, back then, we hear a lot about the consent decree these days. Well, back then, it was a matter of just, we have to make sure that these people, uh, we can improve their life by uh, treating their water and having just access to water, just a simple right to access to water. Um, one of my biggest, most rewarding projects was actually in a community where they were, they didn't have access to water. They have to go to the river to get uh, their water. But there were a lot of birth defects in the community related to not treating the water. So we had uh, the funds to just had a package plant over there make all the connection. And our job was also to teach the community how to operate that system so they can, it can be sustainable with their own community. It was an extremely rewarding project. And I kept uh, in touch with the community over the years. Two of the two kids from that community ended up uh, studying engineering based on you know, their excitement and their, uh, about what has been brought to their community to the, improve their lives. Wow, that's a, that's awesome that, that that project got them into engineering and, and maybe into water. Um, what what talk more about what it was like for you um, having these these areas, these neighborhoods, communities that that didn't have water or you know proper services. Um, you know what what was that like being around that or seeing that. It really touches you in a different way. You can really measure the impact of the infrastructure. So it's not just a pipe. Mm. You're changing lives because having to go a couple miles down the road to get water from the river is not an easy task to do. Most of them were... Uh, performed by women because men were um, at their job, you know, working, trying to bring some money. And the women in charge of the communities were the ones doing that. And um, you'll think that's something from the past 
thousands of years ago. Thankfully, in Puerto Rico, we've come a long ways from that. But if you see other countries like India, they still have that situation. So it just made me appreciate so much more. What is the impact of each project in the community? It's not the money that we spent. It's, the mo it's how the, uh, it just multiplies the effect on the quality of life. Mm. And then you got from Puerto Rico to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, how did that happen? Yeah, it would happen uh, magically. <laughs> but, um, there was a point in my career where we were chasing uh, big projects, bigger projects uh, in terms of size and complexity. And in Louisville, I had the opportunity to participate in a public-private partnership, which was for the transportation sector, but it was a design, build, finance, maintenance, and operate for 30 years and I, I was the, had the opportunity to be there and fell in love with the city. After uh, finishing with that successful public-private partnership, we had to move on to the next big project. But a recruiter called me and offered me this position at Louisville MSD. And to be honest, the family was in love with the city. It's a compassionate and welcoming city. And then I decided to stay there. And so talk about your responsibilities now. Um, what, what comes with this position as Capital Programs Control Manager? Well, that is a, um, an amazing journey there. We handle our budget is around $207 million per year. But our 20-year facility plan is over $4.2 billion dollars. Everything that we do affects the bigger picture. So in our everyday, uh, we have more than 210 projects in progress at the same time. Our job, my job and my, my, my department's job is to keep track of the schedule, the budget, and the scope of work. If you have more than 210 moving parts, like <laughs> everything impacts the whole program. We have, if we have a schedule delay in one project, it make has, it will have an impact of, you know, not just probably other projects, but the whole forecast, the spending in the, of the year. So some of our projects are significantly large, over a hundred million dollar projects that span over a couple of years. If one of those big projects have a delay, it can cause us to spend less in that fiscal year. So we have to quickly identify other projects that we can accelerate the schedule to be able to have a fiscally responsible spending. So it's just a lot of moving parts. We have to, those are the projects that we have planned but we also have a lot of emergencies. Hmm. So that's the fun part. We'll never get <laughs> bored ever. Every day is a, it's a different landscape every day. And our emergencies are part of our the biggest challenge in the city. 
is because our aging infrastructure. The city has over 250 years and our infrastructure is about the same age. So we have uh, multiple you know, sewer collapse mm. around this that we have to address. Yeah. When we were talking before, you know, you were talking about, again, the role that water has in communities um, and how we should be highlighting that more and talking about it more. Um, you touched on that as you were talking about Puerto Rico a little bit ago. Um, what about the role of, of water in your community? Could you talk about, about that and why it's so important to highlight it? Yes, I think we need to understand that we need to do a better job, I would say, explaining that it's not just a construction project, it's not just a buried pipe. We need to talk about the amount of opportunities for local jobs. In MSD, we do a great job on delivering projects through the equity lens. We have to make sure that enough minority businesses are participating in our program. We also want to make sure that the community is seeing a benefit of having a project. If a project is impacting a, a, a community, we want to make sure that when we leave, we have a great impression that we help the local school, that we uh, contributed with the churches, the community, because we are just, we're, we're partners. We just want to improve their life and they need to understand that the benefits of the infrastructure project. What about ways that you can help to lift up um, parts of a community, particularly those in minority groups or, or disadvantaged areas, uh, minority-owned businesses. What's what's the potential for you know the water sector to help them? And what are maybe some of the things you're doing specifically there on that on that front? We are doing a great job trying to train people, not just for the regular day job, but as a business, our minority contractors get the opportunity to uh, learn how to do business with MSD. They, you know, we, we don't have an official mentor protege program, but our prime contractors are very good at mentoring. Mm. If it's a new contractor, let's help them, you know, to get through this paperwork, right? Because we know they have talent and they can do the job. But sometimes the administrative part can be overwhelming. Yeah, you were you were talking about even some of the titles of these uh, <laughs> of these proposals that go out, right? The request for proposals can be a deterrent to people because uh, it's complex and technical, right? And so yeah. that was that was a great example. So I'll, I'll I'll tell you again. So we have some projects. We have to do a better job explaining the people the scope of the project. Sometimes it's just a floor replacement project, but the way our naming convention includes the location of the, facility, the facility name and sometimes the building name. So some of the projects could be put out to bid with a name like Morris Foreman Water Quality Treatment Plant. 
hypochlorite sodium building floor replacement. <laughs> so a uh, small contractor, sometimes it's just like, I don't even know enough chemistry <laughs> to go to do this job, but it's a floor replacement project. So we are trying to make sure that our contractors know, uh, read what is the scope of work so they can participate in the yeah. project. Yeah, sure. What, um, you know, you, you're, you began, you're from Puerto Rico, you worked in the water sector there, you saw the water situation in communities there. Now you've been in Louisville for what, 20 years or so. Um, Seven <laughs> <I think>, years. <laughs> uh, how many? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I stand very much corrected. Sorry. Um, mm -hmm. What what perspective do you still hold on to uh, from being from Puerto Rico, working in the water sector there, but now being in this you know uh, U.S. city? What what perspective do you think you still have that you bring to your work? To my work, I think I, I bring just a different perspective because I'm not from the city and I'm always trying to find ways to do things more efficient, but also more inclusive. Mm. We have to do the extra effort. Our city needs to heal in many areas. And I think MSC is doing a great job on the equity through the equity lens. That's something that it cannot be just a good faith effort. We have to really be proactive. If we don't have enough uh, minority business participating in bids, we have to know why. And we have to help them. And we have to make sure that they are equipped to participate in our projects. Uh, you know, along the same lines, the water industry has typically and still is is very much dominated by white men and uh, a lot of if you look at the the national employment of it um what do you think the value is of having more diverse people in, including females in upper management in positions of leadership like you i think it's a benefit is beneficial to any industry to have a diverse environment to have different opinions on how to approach problems. I think when you are, you have seen the world, not just this piece of the city. When you have experience in other cities, you you just bring that energy and that knowledge with you. Uh, women, we are completely capable <laughs> of doing the same the same task. We bring our not just our expertise, but our desire to excel mm. is really, I, I would think, is the biggest benefit. We put our heart and soul in everything that we do, and that is beyond just the technical part. Sure. Now, I, I uh, connected with you through this Duke University Water Innovation Leadership Program, uh, and you participated in this, or it's still maybe going on, the session that you're part of. Um, I'd love to hear about this. Could you maybe explain what that program is? I love to, and I love to encourage other people, leaders from the water sector, to participate. This is a program for emerging leaders, uh, great program 
because we meet other leaders across the nation. And that's where, you know, if you want to broaden your perspective, you don't probably, you, I can't travel to New York to see how they're doing things over there, right? Mm-hmm. But if I can find someone that can help me understand how do they do it over there, it's a great benefit. We uh, understand, number one, that we're not alone with our challenges, that we have a lot of common challenges across these other small utility companies. But we also learn how are you doing it? You know, how are you surviving? What are your consultants? What are the experts that you're using for this specific problem? So it's been a great journey. I have to say I learned about this opportunity through the NFPPA, the National Forum for Black Public Administrators. I'm a member of that association, and that's where I heard about this program. I think no one at Louisville MSD has really participated in this program, and I'm like, why not? This is the best thing. <laughs> I get to meet people all the way from New Mexico to New York and East and West. Mm. And we just meet once a month to talk about different topics. They bring experts, like the last expert was from both from public-private partnerships. When do you get to sit down with an expert of that caliber? Are free <laughs> mm-hmm. to be able to ask questions that that is a it's just you can't pay for those services yeah so a no. lot of a lot of a lot of good networking with peers that you would never come across otherwise good educational informational kind of talks from from experts out there so really helping to kind of develop uh develop these emerging leaders um and we also have to develop a a, a project so uh-huh. it's not just all fun, right? <laughs> we do um, interact, but at the same time, each one of us is developing uh, a project to discuss and uh, present at the end of the cohort. What, what's your project? Well, my project, I started uh, with an idea related to the capital program, but then I wanted to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I want to learn about something that MSD is involved with, but it has nothing to do with my job, right? So my project is is related to the mapping in flood zones. I want to learn uh, it, with each project that we do in the city, our goal is that we're going to improve, right? The, the flood in the area, one of them, and I was curious to learn how quickly the community gets the benefit because by the time we do a project and those maps are updated and submitted to FEMA, right, and to the insurance companies, how quickly does the community has a direct impact? So I'm in the process of doing that research within our MSD processes, MSDs and FEMA, and then I'll get back at the end with opportunities for improvement. 
Huh, that's great. Yeah, I think Louisville, you've got you're on the river there, right? The Ohio River. Mm-hmm. And there's times when there are big flooding issues. And am I right that Louisville MSD is has some of the responsibility for getting up these floodgates if there's if there's a real big problem? I think I saw that in the news a couple of years ago. Yeah, we do. We have some big responsibility with the uh, flood um, the pumps and the levee. And but my biggest worry is like most of our poor people live close to the river, and that's where we want to see if we have an asset that is improving that condition. When does the individual get the be- the direct benefit? So you want to see a reduction in the insurance, right? You want to see, uh, so those are the things that are can be measured, but I'm not sure if anyone is measuring it. Sure. Um, lastly, you know, you, this, this idea of, of a program for emerging leaders, um, it's obviously benefited you. I'm sure it's benefiting the other people. Um, why, why does the water sector need to do this? Why is this important overall, like big picture, to, to develop emerging leaders? Well, if you want uh, innovation, if you want to do bigger and more complex projects, sometimes you need to know if, you know, who else, what are the success stories, right? and you want to talk to someone, it's not just going online and doing a research. If I'm planning a new biosolids treatment facility, I like to hear about the technology, not from the per- the suppliers. <laughs> I want to hear uh, how is the technology working for other utility companies that have a brand new uh, biosolids facility. So those are the things that it just gives you the perspective from the owner, someone like you, someone that has to look for the same interest, public public money, community, and that we have, want to be offer them the best that we can. Sure. Well, Jahira, I really appreciate the opportunity of getting to have a conversation with you. I, uh, I think your perspective and experience is wonderful and uh, really a benefit for your community. And so I appreciate the time you spent talking to me. Thank you. I just want to say that a career in the water sector is fun mm-hmm. and rewarding. It's not just about a treatment of water, but it's, that is part of it. But I think the most important part is our role in the economic development of the area that we serve. That is truly important when we can do a direct impact, tangible impact to the community. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. A special thanks to Waterloop supporters, Springpoint Partners, and the Walton Family Foundation. Waterloop is sponsored by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart, stylish choice for conserving water, energy, and money while enjoying an invigorating shower. Use promo code LOOP20 for 20% off at HighSierraShowerheads.com. Waterloop is also sponsored by Hydroloop, the innovative water recycling system for homes and businesses. Use water twice with Hydroloop. Learn more 
at hydroloop.com. If you like Waterloop, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media and visit waterloop.org to sign up for updates. Waterloop, Waterloop.